Alright, you absolute legends. I hope you all had a good Easter weekend. I am in fact inspired by my Easter weekend to do this podcast episode today. Because I'm going to be talking about novels. Novels, I find, are a great escape from normal life. And if we think in the same way that Alan de Botton does, who thinks essentially that life is just so goddamn awful that we have to retreat and get into art then novels are a good way of doing so. And I've read quite a few good ones over the last few months, and I don't feel like I've done an episode updating you on those for a while. So, get a pen and paper ready, or don't, I'll put a list in the description of some novels that I've read recently that I think you might just like. And I'll explain exactly the type of person, in terms of probably what their personality is, as to who's going to like these books. Because as with films, as with TV... As with everything else in music, people have different tastes. But every now and then, there are books that slip through the net and they are international bestsellers and the whole world is blown away by them and everyone absolutely loves them and it's best that you do read those books. So I'm going to give you some of them today and some other ones that you may not have ever thought about reading, including some from a 1920s German poet that when you tell people that you've read his books, you feel better than everyone because... Who the hell reads 1920s German poets' novels? Only learned individuals, that's for sure. So, before I tell you about some books that have made me laugh and have made me cry, definitely have made me cry, let's just talk about who sponsors this podcast. It's always BetterHelp. BetterHelp provide an online therapy service to millions of people all over the world. And therapy, counselling, if you're struggling with your mental health, talking therapies is a wholly good idea. Digging into it. I'm a big advocate of that. I know that there are some things in your life that you'd rather just not think about. But how long does that have to go on for? When is enough enough? When are you just going to be like, oh, you know what, fuck it. I'll just speak to a professional. That could be today. If it is today, head to betterhelp.com forward slash a need to read and you will get 10% off your first month of online therapy. But let's just have a chat about some novels. The reason I'm doing this podcast today is because the sun has started to come out and there's nothing better than sitting in the sun with a book or just laying anywhere with a book. I know that I'm very heavy on the non-fiction here, but I am a big advocate for reading storybooks because, I mean, it's better than EastEnders, isn't it? That's my my go-to explanation. It's better than watching EastEnders. And there are some incredibly smart people who write amazing creative stories who have way better plots than things you see on TV. So... Not to sound like your mum when you were a kid, but maybe try watching a little bit less TV and reading some more books. There's a few ways that you can look at doing that. And one might be just reading at night time and swapping the last 45 minutes of watching TV for a book. But here's, here's the issue with that, is people start to fall asleep. And I've had a few people message me recently saying, like, oh... Yeah, I've started reading, but I, I don't seem to take anything in. Or every time I I start reading, I start to fall asleep. I, I, there's no simpler way to put this. But if you're falling asleep, just go sleep. I I think if you're falling asleep, you probably need to sleep more. And by now, it should be pretty evident just how important sleep is for us for everything. Just the way our bodies function, the way our brains work, how we can pay attention the next day. So if you are falling asleep whilst reading. Just let yourself go. Maybe clean your teeth and get yourself in bed before you start reading. And then, when you fall asleep, it doesn't matter. Especially if you've got a Kindle, you don't even have to worry about putting a bookmark in it or losing your place, because the Kindle will do it all for you. But, of course, 
not a paid ad, but if you do want bookmarks, uh, the Bookmark Boys on Etsy, they're my favourite bookmarks ever. I do like Daisy. So she's not paying me for this, but she does do cool bookmarks full of all your favourite characters from TV and other areas of the media. So yeah, apart from reading novels this summer, just let yourself sleep when you want to sleep. If you find yourself falling asleep, just let it go. I'm sure there'll be situations when you can't let yourself go to sleep and maybe someone will message me to let me know that I should never have been so ignorant. But for the most part, if you're falling asleep whilst reading a book, just let yourself fall asleep. Unless you listen to an audiobook and drive in. I'm, I'm sure none of you are going to take my advice too literally anyway. But let yourself fall asleep because you'll be better rested the next day. Maybe you just need to read at a different time. But as opposed to doing that cop-out answer of being like, yeah, we'll just read in the early morning, which I'm I'm all for that answer. But if you are falling asleep, just let yourself sleep because you probably need it. Another thing when it comes to novels is you're going to read them quicker than you read a non-fiction book just because they read easier. You're not taking aboard too much information. You're just following a story. So don't worry too much about remembering everything that you're reading. People put a lot of pressure on trying to make themselves remember stuff that they've read. Think back to when you were at school and just how hard you had to work to remember even the most minor of details or the simplest of concepts. Just give yourself a break. You don't have to remember everything. If you're reading a storybook, of course you don't have to remember everything. You just have to remember general bits of the plot. And you'll see from my explanation, I haven't done any notes for this podcast, that I don't remember an awful lot from the books that I've read that are novels, but... I know that they were good, and I know that I enjoyed them at the time. So, first book I'm going to talk about is a bit of a weird one. Now, the recent books I've been reading have been kind of nihilistic and a bit dystopian, and kind of weird novels. So I've re-listened um, to some George Orwell stuff on Audible. Stephen Fry has done the Orwell collection. He's done Animal Farm and 1984. Don't know if anyone's ever heard Stephen Fry speak. You probably have, but he's got the best voice ever for audiobooks. When I was a kid, I used to listen to Harry Potter audiobooks all the time, and Stephen Fry is the one who narrates them. So, if you're looking for a novel on Audible, well, George Orwell's are pretty cool. And, well, the phrase Orwellian is kind of attached to politics and kind of dystopia. If you don't understand it, it's probably cool to get an understanding because I've recently read A Brave New World by Aldous Huxley and it reminded me of 1984 by George Orwell which I used to say that I didn't like but I'm going to reread soon just to see if my tastes have changed it's good to know this shit George Orwell and Aldous Huxley are two people who essentially predicted the future of the political world and in A Brave New World that Aldous Huxley wrote which I've literally just read within the last week it's eerily similar to today. Now, in A Brave New World, I'm not really spoiling anything for you, but it's a dystopian future where people are split up into essentially what's like a caste system. And it's alpha, beta, can't remember what the C was, deltas, echelons, and the gammas, who are like the lowest. And it goes from like alpha, who are like the best, and gammas being the lowest form of human. So they'd be the stupid ones, essentially, um, in the novel. They're not born in the normal way, and they've accelerated the growth and development of, of humankind in this book. They're kind of born in test tubes, and people who are in the world live a life of pleasure. They just shag everyone, 
No one can have a proper relationship. It's a life driven by pleasure. And they have these little tablets called somers, which keep them happy. Maybe, maybe it sounds a little bit similar to uh, 2022. You'd have to read it to see what you think. But I, I think as time goes on, Aldous Huxley's A Brave New World is only going to get more relevant. And trust me, when, when you've read it, even though some parts are a little bit boring and a little bit weird, you'll just be glad you've read it. And I actually find that with a lot of classics that I used to avoid. I'll read it. It won't necessarily be the best books I've ever read, but I'll be really glad that I've read it. So I've read another weird novel recently called Life for Sale by Yukio Mishima. It's like a classic from a Japanese writer who was born in 1925. He's a very weird man, and he actually attempted to start a military coup in his life, and that failed. And then when he realised that, he performed seppuku, which is a ritual suicide. Um, So he had a very strange life, but he was nominated for the Nobel Prize for Literature three times. If you've been listening to any of the philosophy and stuff that I've done, all these famous people from history seem to have pretty fucked up lives. But it doesn't mean that what they had to say is mad. Even though, for the most part, and especially in this case, it is. But it's also strangely beautiful. So Life for Sale is about a copywriter uh, in Tokyo, I think, and I think around the 50s, who just put his life up for sale. And the ad that he put in the newspaper said, Life for Sale, use me as you wish. I'm a 27-year-old male, discretion guaranteed. It was a very strange book. Once again, glad I read it. Wouldn't rush to recommend it to anyone. But if you are into weird and old books, Yukio Mishima's Life for Sale would be one for you. Now, shamefully, I bought a book the other day as well, another novel, because it said The TikTok Sensation. Now, I keep trying to delete my TikTok account, and they won't let me, but the power of TikTok has led me to Jeffrey Eugenides' book, The Virgin Suicide, which is written from the perspective of a, I, I think, a grown-up man, but he talks a lot as if he was a teenage boy, and he talks about his life as a teenage boy. And it's about the suicide of five sisters. It's a very strange book. Once again, they're piecing together a puzzle, and you feel like you're being a bit of a detective whilst reading it. It says that it's like my generation's Catcher in the Rye. I haven't read Catcher in the Rye, so I can't comment on that. But The Virgin Suicides was about a 3.5 out of 5. So, once again, kind of glad I read it, but it hasn't blown my socks off. But if you are easily convinced by things like TikTok, like I evidently was when I bought the book, you're probably going to like it. I'm going to keep on the topic of old books just for a moment and then we'll move to the 21st century and some things that might keep you company this summer. I've recently bought a book, another one, called Lolita by Vladimir Nabokov. It's apparently one of the most influential books from the last 100 years and it's... If I'm honest, I'm pretty sure it's about a guy who's in love with a 12-year-old girl. There's no simpler way to put it. But lots of people have bought the book and lots of people have loved it. So I'm sure there is a good reason for that. I'm looking forward to reading that and I shall review it soon. One author that I think you should have a look at, depending on, 
if you're the type of person who, and I'm assuming everyone thinks this, that there's good data to suggest that everyone thinks that they are weirder, more moral, funnier, more intelligent, blah, 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 more you name it than every single other person. But there's a author called Hermann Hesse. He was born in Germany. He's a German poet and he won the Nobel Prize for Literature for a book called The Glass Bead Game. Now I started to read The Glass Bead Game and it's all about music and music theory um, and musicians and, well not necessarily music theory but it does talk about a lot of that stuff and it confused me so I stopped reading it. But there are two books by Herman Hesse that I've absolutely loved and cried my little pants off reading. There is Siddhartha. Now people listening to this who are consider themselves to be like spiritual don't necessarily know whether they want to go and sit in a cave on a mountain for the rest of their life or if they want to just engage with society. Siddhartha follows the story of a young Brahmin, like a young monk kind of Buddha, Buddhist type fellow who doesn't quite know whether he wants to just stay in society and shag and steal and gamble and get involved in all kind of just debauchery or whether he wants to retreat to a life of just being a chilled out monk, really. If you consider yourself at all spiritual, or you would like to be, Siddhartha is a really good book. Lots of people have loved it. You might like it too. But there is another book by um, Herman Hesse that I cried probably a little bit too much in, which definitely speaks to my mental health at the time because I read this around January and I was probably not in a good way but Steppenwolf means wolf of the steps and it's about a guy who is on the edge of society but he can't quite decide whether he wants to similar to Siddhartha retreat out or fully engage in society and fall in love and have sex or if he wants to just mug off society and write critical essays about society in a philosophical way his name is harry heller and harry heller has a hell of a life if you at all consider yourself to be not quite like everyone else which i'm look you probably do i'm pretty sure everyone thinks that they're different to everyone else that there's something about them that makes them different and i'm I'm comforted comforted in the fact that most people think that that they think that there is something so unique and special about them. Because it makes us feel better, right? It makes us feel less insane if we think that we are, for some reason, special in some sense. If you are one of those people, Steppenwolf will be for you. I'm comforted by the fact that lots of people like this. My old jiu-jitsu coach recommended it to me. I'm in about 100 pages. I was like, oh, fuck. Yeah, I recognise myself in this character. And that's one of the powers of novels, is you might recognise little bits of yourself within different characters and then know maybe to address that behaviour or just to kind of accept it as part of you. So Steppenwolf is for those of you who really probably consider yourself a bit of a Steppenwolf. If you can't work out whether you want to be on the steps of, of society or if you want to be in the woods out of society on the outside looking in whichever camp you kind of sit in there if you're a little bit confused on where you want to go how much you want to engage with society then Steppenwolf is for you one more weird book and then I'll get into the books I think that you absolutely love this summer and those 
books I've just spoken about, I do think most people will enjoy. But there's a book by Chuck Palahniuk. I don't know if that's how you say his name, but he wrote Fight Club. And the book is called Damned. I'm just going to read you a bit from the first page. And that's all I'm going to give you. If you've ever watched Fight Club, you'll know that he's quite a nihilist, right? Chuck Palahniuk. I can't remember how to say his name. But here's what it says on the first page. Are you there, Satan? It's me, Madison. I'm just now arrived here in hell, but it's not my fault. Except for maybe dying from an overdose of marijuana. Maybe I'm in hell because I'm fat. A real porker. If you can go to hell for having low self-esteem, that's why I'm here. I wish I could lie and tell you I'm bone thin with blonde hair and big tartars. But trust me, I'm fat for a really good reason. To start with, let me introduce myself. How to best convey the exact sensation of being dead. Yes, I know the word convey. I'm dead, not a mental defective. Trust me. The being dead part is much easier than the dying part. If you watch much television, then being dead will be a cinch. Actually, watching television and surfing the internet are really excellent practice for being dead. So the whole story is written from the point of view of Madison. She's just arrived in hell. She is the daughter of some celebrities. And that's all I'm going to give you. Check out the book on the internet, if you like the sound of that. I thought it was a really funny book. It's kind of like a critique of society. I quite like people who sit on the outside and look in and be like, oh, look how weird that part of society is. Because it makes you think in different ways about different things. But just a quick note on that. Don't spend too much time thinking about it. Otherwise, you might actually consider yourself insane. I've been learning a lot about capitalism recently, and I don't think that's very good for your mental health, TBH. On the subject of things that won't be good for your mental health, my favourite novel that I've ever read, ever, is A Little Life by Hany Yangahara. It is the most brutal, beautiful combination of words I've ever laid eyes on. It follows the story of four guys from their college years through to when they're like older men in their 60s. It is a story of love, deception, friendship, abuse. There is so much in there that's been crammed into one of the best written pieces of work I've ever set eyes on. I cried, God, so many times reading that book. I, I would honestly put the figure at about maybe eight, eight to 13. That's that's the range. And I've never been more f- like physically angry and sweating and shaking whilst reading a book than one particular chapter in A Little Life. And maybe you're thinking now, well, why the fuck would I ever want to read that? It's just, it's it's stunning. There are things in life that we do. If you remember the episode where I spoke about the sweet spot, it's like this benign masochism. We want a little bit of pain. We want a little bit of upset so we can contrast it either with our own lives or just to feel it from a safe distance. And that's what reading is. Like You can feel what that person's going through from a safe distance, without having to put yourself in any actual danger, emotional or physical. If you have time on your hands this summer, or if you're going on holiday, buy A Little Life. It is a huge book. It is almost 800 pages, and the words are very small. And if you have a Kindle, I definitely recommend getting it on your Kindle. But please read this book. The more people that read this book, the more people I can be friends with on Earth, and I guess that's a good thing. 
Everyone I know who's read it has absolutely loved it. I cannot recommend that book enough. As well, if you'd like a book that will keep you keep you entertained and not make you have to think so much about stuff. I know I've, I've spoken about a lot of novels that make you think. You don't have to think so much when you read a book by Jane Fallon. She's funny. She's Ricky Gervais's partner. Her books, Faking Friends and Worst Idea Ever, were some of my favourite books that I read last year. I'm going to try and read some more of hers and maybe I'll have a look whilst I'm I'm recording this podcast. Jane Fallon. I never Google whilst live on the podcast, so hope you're well. Just, uh, just having a look now. Getting rid of Matthew. Oh, it's a 3.5 on Goodreads, and if you ever want to know how I pick my books, is I essentially just go on what other people rate them. Just got real. Looks like a, oh, this is a pre-order one. It's expected on the 23rd of June. If you pre-order that from somewhere now, you'll forget about that, and it will turn up on the 23rd of June. I think that is what I'm going to do. When happily divorced Joni is reluctantly talked into joining a dating app, she is surprised to quickly hit it off with Ant. Phone calls and texts soon evolve in plans to meet up. Which is the problem, as Joni's profile picture of is someone else. Ah, oh, bloody Joni catfishing. Okay, yeah, that'll probably be quite good. I know it sounds trashy, but honestly, Jane Fallon is hilarious, and she's very, very creative, so I'm sure her story will be good. So I'm going to pre-order that. Just Got Real by Jane Fallon. Another book. I've said a lot of books, haven't I? I'll give you one more, and then we'll wrap it up. What I'm going to start doing is reducing the time of my book review episodes to about 20 minutes just so it can fit on people's commute it's nice and easy and not giving too much of the book away because i always worry about that i'm going to work on the structure basically and if you start listening to podcasts and you're thinking oh my god they're crap and you're going to stop listening can you just let me know why just so i know i know i never really ask for feedback but if you're going to cease being a listener um of a need to read just remember i'm a real person just let me know i'd love to know because maybe i'm doing something wrong Maybe I'm not, though. Maybe your taste is shit. But I'd probably say it would be me doing something wrong. So one last book is The Confederacy of Dunces. And it is it was recommended by that Chuck Palahanic, the guy whose name I can't say, on his podcast of Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan. And it was written by a guy called John Kennedy Toole. He actually committed suicide, and then ten years after his suicide, his mum managed to get him a book deal. And the book is about a guy called Ignatius J. Riley, who lives in New Orleans. And apparently, the ordinary folk of New Orleans seem to think that he's quite unhinged. But he ignores them, heaving in his vast bulk through the city's fleshpots in a noble, noble crusade against vice, modernity and ignorance. But his mama has a nasty surprise in store for him. Ignatius has to get a job. Undaunted, he uses his newfound employment to further his mission. And now he has a pirate costume and a hot, hot dog cart to do it with. Ignatius J. Riley, the protagonist in this book, is one of the most fucking annoying characters I've ever come across in my whole entire life. But you can't help but just humour him. He critiques society, and he's just lazy, and there's something I kind of empathise with about lazy people, because I'm like, yeah, mate, I get it, I don't want to do that much either. Um, It's a very funny book, and... 
well, it's just an interesting story that the guy had committed suicide and then his mum managed to sell his book. I I quite like it when the author has an interesting story as opposed to necessarily that the story is interesting. Maybe that's not necessarily true, but I think there's definitely some truth in that. Knowing that the person who wrote it was probably not in the best place mentally makes it a little bit more interesting for me anyway. So those are the books that I think you should read this summer. I would say I haven't given you many positive ones, but uh, what are you going to do? I haven't got any of them for you. You should read Eleanor Oliphant is completely fine. The Curious Incident of the Dog in the Night Time. Cows Can't Jump. Adults by Emma Jane Umbridge. That actually is a very funny book. And it's kind of tragic and it's about a woman in her 30s who's obsessed with Instagram. If you want a funny book, that one is one for you. That's a lot of novels. Hopefully, you'll like some of them. And you won't think that my recommendations are shit. But just remember, I didn't build a reputation on novels. I've got my own peculiar taste I'm beginning to learn, especially all these nihilist novels I'm reading. That's uh, that's come with its own difficulty in coming to terms with who I am as a person. <laughs> so if you're thinking, yeah, do you know what? Maybe, maybe I'll read some of them. Don't think that it's going to make you depressed. Reading nihilist books is just funny. If you can see it that way. Alan de Botton says about it, and maybe I mentioned this at the start of the podcast, but he says essentially that life was so terrible that we have to just withdraw to art. Or, to become a pessimist, you should read pessimists. And in reading that, like nihilism and pessimism, you won't agree with all of it. So you'll be like, oh God, yeah, no, people have, people think about the world in way more negative light than I do. And that is always comforting. So, that is it from me, your absolute legends. This podcast has been sponsored by BetterHelp and it's been sponsored by Athletic Greens. Athletic Greens is your all-in-one shake in the morning. It's green. It doesn't taste amazing, but it certainly doesn't taste bad. You just have it on an empty stomach and it gives you 75 vitamin, minerals, prebiotics and adaptogens, which are all good for your gut, especially if you don't eat too many vegetables like me. If you want to get five free travel packs and a year's supply of vitamin D3 with your monthly subscription then head to athleticgreens.com forward slash a need to read and that is where you can put the order in and get the free stuff that I just spoke about if you want to do anything else for me just give us a review or share this podcast or sign up to my email list what else can I do for you I think that's probably about it you're all absolute legends, enjoy the sun, enjoy the novels read lots of books if you're finding yourself getting overwhelmed with all the information on non-fiction books, then maybe it's time just to take a couple of weeks break and read some fiction books and chill your brain because you don't always have to be taking on board new information. That should be a note to self, but I would never listen to that. I can't help it. I'm obsessed. But to save you the heartache of being obsessed with reading non-fiction books, I'm just going to say, take a break, read some novels. It's good for you. <laughs>